Hello and welcome to another episode of The Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hey. <laughs> and Laggy and Bernie is here. <laughs> hey, I'm good. Just remember that guy <laughs> from the video on Twitter who was lagging oh, on the pitch in real life. Baradi. <laughs> yes. If anyone doesn't hasn't seen this. Go on YouTube, Dominico Baradi. Do it this week because it's not going to last long. Um, like faint or something. And he, he just glitched. He just glitched. He's a Sassuolo forward. Anyway, uh, good to see you guys. Um, better to see you than it was to see the football on the weekend, which was a bit disastrous for some people, <laughs> less so for others. Anyway, uh, where shall we begin? Probably at the top of the table. Um I thought you might want to get your sorrows out early so you can enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'm hoping we discuss other things for long enough that there's not enough time. Well, there was a big derby this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) The North London derby, the biggest game in London. And London is white. (laughs) I mean, it can't typically is, but whatever. It can't can't physically be such a big game when you've got, what, top of the table versus like 15. So, you know, it was a mid... Mid mid size game, I would say. To be fair, fourteenth at the time, and now sixteenth. Fifteenth. <laughs> no, no. Bright, Brighton didn't win, so we're comfortably in fifteenth. Ah, perfect. But perfect. yeah, look, look, look. North London derby, right? Spurs midweek bollocks it up in the Europa League. Arsenal a, a driving victory against uh, who? Minsk, Linsk. Rapid Vien, I don't know. Oh, yeah, rapid. Mm. Thank you, Benny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, uh, just a record. Who should Rapid Vienna sign? Yum. (laughs) (laughs) Alan Yum to Rapid Vienna. You heard it here first. Um, And so, you know, Arsenal maybe going into the game with a little more confidence than they might have the week before because of the the Europa League win. Uh, But that was all evaporated very quickly, Mohamed. Um, We spoke a couple of weeks ago about Pep Guardiola walking straight into Mourinho's trap, and I fear that his prodigy, Mikel Arteta, did exactly the same thing. Sure, but, like, what other option did Arteta have? Like, it's not like... Like, he put up the starting 11 that we kind of... was our best that we could put out there. I don't think there was too much quarrel. I mean, Pepe was... Was uh, was suspended anyways. Maybe Nelson could have played for William. But at the end of the day, that's your starting eleven. Yeah, like I said again, yada yada yada. But it's less about the, the, the picks than the, the quality of players he has to pick from. And then, regardless of the tactics, I think Arsenal should have always lost this game. Like the form that Spurs are in, their attacking prowess, even at the, the back, they've been fantastic. Arsenal, on the other hand, again sitting fifteenth for a reason. I think like six losses and nine or something horrendous like that. So, you know, it was always going to be this result. It's just disheartening. It's, you know, it's like, how can it get this bad? I, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, Bernie, from a neutral perspective, sort of, uh, how did you... This was this? actually perfectly neutral for me because I really hate Jose Mourinho and then I really hate Arsenal. So, but I take the joy that I can get <laughs> and... Firstly, the XG of this game was essentially 0-0. Like, no one was supposed to score in this game. Like, yeah. if there's any comfort you can take out of it, and this is the, literally the best it's going to get in this my statement, 
you got beat by two worldies essentially. So well done. But <laughs> but overall, listen, you were never gonna score a goal from open play. We've ascertained this. I think like the goal, even wait, the goal against United was a penalty, and the goal against Wolves was a corner. Mate, nine hours. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, the the goal against Wolves was like they passed it, then they crossed it in from the corner, so it counted as an open play goal. <laughs> but it was still a cross from still a corner. A set piece. We're, yeah. we're we're gonna call it a set piece. Yeah, uh, for the sake of this, and the attacking fluidity is just not there. We know this. Um, so you were never gonna score in this game against low block, park the bus, Jose. And again, to the playbook, if Jose did score, you knew what was gonna happen. I, I'm not to, to Mona's point. I don't actually know. Like, it's Arteta's fault, yes. But I don't know what the recourse would have been in this case because we know you can't score goals. So, like, what alternative did you have but to play this way? Well, look, if you can't score goals and what you have been able to do is make the side more solid and defensively secure and you're coming up against a team that you know wants to sit there and let you make a mistake, that's exactly what they want. Like, the two goals that Spurs scored were exactly the plan, right? And so why not Mikel Arteta with nothing to lose why not sit back? Why not make them play? Why not, you know, force Spurs up the pitch with their two very slow centre-backs? At least try something other than what they want you to do. Right. Well, you also have you also have to keep in mind that Spurs beat us quite easily without their third best player in Ndombele. So you got Kane and, and Son obviously up there doing their thing. And then Ndombele, I think this season, has a, you know, has a stake in being that third best player at Spurs, even though a lot of them are playing very well, Lloris, etc., Dyer. But... The point is, and Hoiberg, obviously, but the point is, Ndombele just is their third best player this season. And he was out. And then you have Partey coming back for Arsenal. So you're you're going into this game, and obviously fickle fans are like, oh, we got Partey, they lose Ndombele. Surely we got this midfield battle locked down. <laughs> but what they forget is that next to Partey, you've got the balancing Chaka, which, <laughs> you know, I think if I was a Spurs fan, I would rather have no Ndombele and Chaka. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so but, it was just, and Bellerin, Bellerin this game, my, this is zero footballing ability. It's just like non-existent. And like, this is the problem with Bellerin. He goes on these, on these form, run of forms of three games where people go, oh my God, Bellerin's back. It's, just, it's been seven, eight years of nonsense. Man. <laughs> I was going to say, back from what? <laughs> from the injury in 2018. Oh my God. No, th- no. Just, just, just on, on that point, like, you know, um, you were never going to score in this game. And it was more than obvious with 44 crosses, which is not, I think, the United 80 against Fulham or whatever, if that was the actual number. But 44 crosses to who? <laughs> this is the question. And this is why it really upsets me to hear Mikel Arteta talking about throwing in crosses and it's simple maths and all that. Check the statistic. Because it's just like... <laughs> Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, you watch him go up for a header, you can see how much he hates it. There was one last week where he actually swiveled away from the ball as he went to head it because he just, he just doesn't want to do it. Like, it's not his thing, right? And that's fair enough. He's got and, other and strings to his bow. And then your other striker, like, is that headers the ball with the top of his head. So... <laughs> It's just not going to work. Also, I don't think that we came into this game wanting to cross as much. I just think we get to the to that side of the pitch and we have zero penetration centrally. So you look up and you're like, well, it's better than just losing it or sending it back to Shaka in midfield. I'm just going to hope, hit and hope. Like what? They had no options. They just no idea what to do. It's, it's interesting because it almost seems now that 
clearly, I mean, we know that that diag- you know that counterattack pass pass diagonal ball to the up to Aubameyang side was clearly the the, the the tactic. That was the only way you intended to play football, and mm-hmm. everyone cut that off. And now it's like, hmm, we can't play through the middle because everyone's shit. We can we have wingers galore, but none of them are good. And the strikers essentially want to play on the wing. Like Aubameyang wants to be on the wing anyway. It's like nothing works. Nothing makes sense. And I I can't. I just I refuse to believe that you can't muster a useful shot on target in a game. Like Arsenal, I, I refuse Bernie, to believe it. Bernie, here's a stat: Arsenal have the lowest shots on target in the second half in any out of any of the 92 teams in England. <laughs> I mean, that's depressing, especially when you, you consider that Spurs just like, they, they didn't even have one chance. I mean, I guess the, the Kane chance would have gone down as a chance on XG. The Son goal absolutely wouldn't. Like that wasn't a chance to score a goal and two shots, two goals. And at that point, like they didn't need to do anything more than just sit there and let Arsenal, you know, have, have the waves break against the shore. But yeah, but, it's a mess. Can, can we talk a little bit? Well, I have an Arsenal question, but before we get there, let's talk about Son. Like, mm. the thing is, Hungman Son's a fantastic player, and and to me, in the if if I look at who are the three, like you know, if you have to pick the player of the year, the three nominees to me are Harry Kane, Son, and then Bruno Fernandez. Like those three guys have been insane, and Son probably to me top of the pack, actually second to Harry Kane, but. The goal he scored was just, it looked like he wasn't even trying. It's like, okay, whatever. Flick, flick, anything. Eh, it went in. Cool. Son, I'm, I'm Son, whatever. Son gets into any side. Any oh, side. Yeah. The only mm-hmm. one is Liverpool because they have two unreal players there, but they will, they, you find the way to play Son. You, I think you Son remove, gets into, you remove Firmino and put Son up front, whatever, man. Son gets into every single team in Europe right now. That's how good he's been. He's been that good for a couple of years now, and he's just taking it to a whole new level this season. And I like I'm personally glad it hasn't happened, but it is remarkable to me that that the European elite in quotes have not tried to get him. It's remarkable. I mean, it doesn't necessarily make sense now. He's 29. You'd have to spend like 200 million. I understand now, but over the last few years, like this has been building and building, and he's been getting better and better. And it's surprising that no one's cottoned onto it. Really, I, th- I think Alex, to your point, it has been building and building. Like if you actually look at the raw numbers. We think he scored more goals than he has. And then you actually look at it and go, oh, okay. Like, it's not as much as, as you think. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Salah scoring, like, 30-something, whatever goals. Mane, yeah, what's on, like, 15 a season scorer. Even Sterling scores more goals than him. Rashford that scores more goals than him. Like, you would think that he has all these goals, but he doesn't. But he is so, I think, consequential in that the goals that he scores in the previous seasons have been so critical, so crucial, and also so beautiful. Now he's, this season, he's just, is just like racking up the numbers. It's absolutely insane numbers he's putting up now, which is for the first time that he's actually done that to this degree. But it's, well, it's a joy yeah. to watch. And and he and Kane seem to have have this this combo where like if one scores, they have to assist the other just to make sure that everyone's getting in on the act. Like they're, they're such a good partnership. And it, it's funny because like when we were growing up, it was all 4-4-2 and strike partnerships with two strikers playing next to each other. And these days you get these different kind of combinations. Um, and this is this is absolutely one of them. And it's funny because like they've been in the same team for a long time and both done well individually, but it, it seems more together now. It seems more of a combination. Um, you know the thing. And it's fantastic. The thing I find interesting is that this is the way Jose Mourinho wants to play. In that we all know it. Sit deep. Make you make a mistake. 
But there is no, it's very interesting that he has these two players that will play well together and they're in tandem with each other because there is no pattern of attacking play. It's literally block them off, give it to Son and Kane and let them figure it out. That is literally how these guys play football. And, and so, it's working. Yeah. It is working. But let's say, we have to say the last three games that Spurs have played have been uh, City, Chelsea and Arsenal. All big games. They got seven points out of them and conceded no goals, which is insane. Best defense in the league. Um, but all of those teams have allowed them to sit deep and break. Um, what is going to be very interesting now is what they do against the smaller teams. They've got some games coming up against you know lesser teams. Will can they do the same thing, or do they actually have to come out and play now? And will they be able to do that? And maybe that's where someone like Bale comes in when you're you're the team having to face the low block and you need something a bit more special, direct. Yeah, I think it's also fair to say that Hoiberg has changed them completely. Oh, he's been Just unbelievable. Absolutely. I mean, what a signing. Because I was like, oh, really? This is the signing you're going to make? So that, the Hoiberg just changed him completely. And Dombele coming back and playing well and Mourinho finding a way to integrate him has done wonders. Los Celso is playing extremely well. Reguillon has been killing it down that left side. Dyer is now a proper solid player. Lurie even back with form. Everything just happens all at once. Even Aurier has stepped up. Yeah, Aurier. I mean, he's keeping... What's his name on the bench? Is he or is he injured? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, what's his name from... Uh, Doherty. Doherty, yeah. And I thought I he forgot was about him. Yeah, I thought what a fantastic signing that was too. He was killing it last season. So, overall, everything is just coming together for Spurs. Now, their depth will show as the season goes along. But, you know, they're sitting top of the table. And Mourinho's second season syndrome is, uh, is kicking in. Let's see. I, I liked Let's see. after the game, he said, uh, you know, he was very happy in his interview, obviously, but he was like, he said something like, you know, we're top of the league for one more week, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a very funny thing to say. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the best goal difference in the league at 14. So they're doing something right on both ends of the field. Um, unlike, you know, Arsenal sitting in 15th, literally a relegation battle. <laughs> I mean, I think minus it, minus four goal difference, guys. Was it Bernie the other week that said like it's time to get Allegri? I was like, he's not coming in to do this. So. No. <laughs> no. You know what? I'm not gonna uh, kick a horse. Is that the phrase? While it's down. Yeah. Um, but fucking hell, mate! <laughs> like six losses in nine games or whatever. That's disgusting. There's no there's no excuse for that. You have to manage your way out of the situation. I'm sorry. Like, okay. there's, well, there's no well, excuse of players aren't good enough. Like, figure it out. Like, girl, we'll, win, we'll win Europa. We'll win Europa and make it into the Champions League. Inshallah. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't pull an Emery and get all the way there. <laughs> yeah, oh, also, also, it is interesting to note that we, at the beginning of the season, Arteta thought, I don't need a number 10. I'm just going to play either three in the middle or two sitting. And then throws out our only number 10. And then now, Lacazette is playing as a number 10. Lacazette. Is playing Arsenal number 10 creative attacking midfielder. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about that. Not because I want to shit on Ozil, which I will do eventually, but what when Ozil was in the team back end of last season, were you, what was the formation? Was it 4 one Or like, what was the... Yeah. The formation. So, but I know Obama mm. was on was wide, but where was Ozil? I'm trying to understand this. There, there was some 3-4-3 and some 4 one Okay, still also kind of central, not on the way. Yeah, yeah still yeah, yeah. central, yeah. Okay. Always central. So you're not playing dissimilarly. They're still doing a 3-4-3, three, three, but there isn't a central player, right? Like, I'm, I, 
I think. Yeah. So so when when they play the three four three, there's you know wing backs, two central midfielders, and then a front three with two wide and one in the middle. So there's no number ten. So you spend all this time like trying to re-sign Danny Ceballos and talking about how critical he is, but you didn't think that like a, a number ten was it? Like I, I'm 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 perplexed by the decision making. Like it doesn't well, make sense. Danny Ceballos runs around and like has a lot of passion. <laughs> so he's a Spanish Mark Noble. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, I wonder what Ceballos translates as. It might be noble. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and then William is like the Brazilian Ashley Young. Oh. So we've got a lot of that. Anyways, point is, yep, Arsenal's season is a write-off. I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, United and Chelsea and Spurs last season were in this position after the season, and whatever it is, games we made into the top seven. So. Yeah, you know. Uh, but later that day, uh, you know, and and this is this is really the problem for Spurs and Chelsea and whoever else wants to wants to come along and try and take the crown. Later that day. Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool just rocked up against Wolves, one of the hardest teams to beat in the league, and smashed four past them with like a bunch of people missing. We, I mean, we've kind of gone back and forth. Like every other week, we're like, ah, Liverpool are just too good, man. Nothing can stop them. And then once in a while, they have a little dodgy result, and we're like, oh, is there a crack? You know? But no, not really. They're, they're just brilliant. I think they're just warming up. Yeah, like, like it. You know, they were like, "Oh, seven two. We just gave you guys a head start. <laughs> Don't worry about that." You know, no Van Dyke rest of the season. Who cares? No Joe Gomez rest of the season. Who cares? Now, granted, Wolves without Jimenez actually don't have any useful person up front like that. Fabio says. Fabio says they only beat us three 0 the week before. You're not useful. <laughs> Remember that. You're fi- you're fifteenth. You're not. Also, in keep the in equation. mind. <laughs> keep in mind. You want to take you want to take into account him not being there. Well. They, Liverpool have literally in the past month replaced their world-class signing in Thiago with Curtis Jones and nothing changed. Like, like literally nothing changed. So who should feel bad here? Like Wolves or Thiago? <laughs> <laughs> like you're it not just, actually that useful, mate. It <laughs> like, just shows you last, last year on the podcast, we kept saying, what should Liverpool do in the summer window and blah, blah, blah. It turns out nothing. It's just like, oh, people just have to do something in a window. But Liverpool, I mean, Jota was helpful, but Thiago has been on the bench or injured or whatever all season, and they nothing happened. It felt nothing. To, to be fair, we did say the one downside of the Thiago transfer is that he's dead most of the time, and that has continued to be the case. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the, if you can have him, you know, on, in big games or down the stretch, it might, it might be worth it. You know, because the season is going to be tighter than the last one. I, mean, I, I think they're going to win it, but it's, they're not going to win it by, what was it, 20 points, 30 points? I don't know how many they won it by. Like, it was a big margin. That won't happen. But Also, also man, Alexander Trent came back from injury, I think subbed on or something, and put on an absolute peach of a cross. You know that Beckham on Ronaldo with Real Madrid? Mm-hmm. He yeah. just put one on the ground. He just put yeah. one right on the ground, like first touch, boom. You know, Kevin De Bruyne weeping at home. And it was just beautiful. It's like, seriously, bro? Like, come on, take it easy. You just came back 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm really... <laughs> I'm really disappointed that that... I, at least I haven't seen a gif of it yet. But I just want it, like, as my lock screen or something. It was gorgeous. It was. It was. But I think a goal came from it. Wasn't that their own goal? But money... Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Last, the last one. You know, yeah. six months ago, you're in Barcelona... Uh, playing with Leo Messi, and then you know you're Nelson Semedo, and you're just turning in a cross into your own goal in you know 
Liverpool. To be fair, to be fair, I watched him for Barcelona a lot. He should have been nowhere near that city. I mean, agreed. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this is probably actually a good thing for him. <laughs> I like that from you the said, spotlight of that nonsense. That's true. I like that you said nowhere near the city, so he couldn't even play for Espanyol. Like not even <laughs> no, no, he shouldn't even be in the vicinity of Leo Messi. Like not even close. Like I, because I, I, you know me, I'm watching Barca, I'm watching Messi, and the frustration I got from Semedo being absolutely useless down the right hand side with Messi, like my blood was boiling at how bad he was. Well, it only got worse. <laughs> we might get there. Um, but Liverpool didn't even have uh, a keeper. They had uh, the third choice, Keller, in goal. He made a great they, save from that chip from Podence, but like... They, they even misspelled his name on his shirt. That's how unimportant he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a long name. Imagine going to the friend, like the locker room and you're like, mate, who did this? Why? His family could have showed up for the game with amongst the 2,000 people who were allowed in, and they're like, you spelled his name wrong. <laughs> so sad. As long as they brought binoculars, otherwise, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. but anyway, so uh, yeah, Liverpool easy peasy, just beat Wolves like it was absolutely nothing. But it was it was loud to be fair in Anfield, even with those people. So you know, finally they did something right when it came did, to, the, to the chanting. Did they do the song? I I doubt. I, I I sorry. I mean, I would assume they did, but I don't uh, tune into the beginning of Liverpool games anymore. Just start minute enough. one. Fair enough. Uh, just on on the fans um, in every. Every highlight, I mean, this is not really a surprise, but in every highlight of every game that I've seen, you know, they're there. They've not got, I mean, plenty of them have masks on, but like plenty don't or like are wearing them incorrectly or just like they're shouting. It's it's just so weird. It's like, what what is the plan? I'll I'll say this. I, I will not blame the individual fan for bringing his mask down. I get it. It's humans. Fine. But the Arsenal fans were actually spread apart. You could see it. Liverpool fans were all like on top of each other. <laughs> like I actually was very surprised at how close they were mm. allowed to be. Like there wasn't enough physical distancing, and that is the responsibility of the club. The fan responsibility, whatever. He's not a you know they're not a physical entity that should abide. But whatever, right? But it's like at least put him slightly apart. They were just right on top of each other. I remember, and I just remember making a note of wow. That's really close. One of they don't walk or sit alone. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was the strange thing about all of the. So they put people all in the same stand, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. to create some noise, right? But like, surely the responsible thing would be to dot them around the stadium that you're not using at all. Correct. I, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Anyways, um, I want to talk about Chelsea Leeds. Mm. This was a good game. This first half this game was a watch like this was probably the best first half this this week it was man end to end really good play Leeds starting the game really hot amazing assist I think assist of the uh, of the week for uh, Patrick Bamford's goal and what a pass from Calvin Phillips it was down that left hand side of the oh just unbelievable ball and then caught Mendy um off guard and kind of in no man's land. And Bamford was obviously very happy to get one back at their, the club that never played them a single minute or whatever. Uh, yeah. They had him on his book for like five years or something. Was he Chelsea? Yeah, like five oh, years, wow. I think. Never played never played the minute. Mm. Something like that. He's um, been around, that boy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, brilliant goal. And then Olivier Giroud. Of, you know what? I like the fact that Lampard played him here. Kept well, he deserved to play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
um, great goal that that's annoying Giroud from post flight that he just absolutely lives for. Man, I I like watching that back, and I I had to watch it a few times, and I'm still not quite sure exactly how like how he hits it because it's coming across him. It's on uses his left foot. He's stretching out, and I'm not exactly sure like how the contact works, but it, it was amazing. But just just quickly to go back to the Bamford goal, I really enjoyed that only in as much as we can say that Ed Mendy is a fraud now. He slipped down the Mendy rankings. He finally <laughs> did something wrong. Yeah, he did. He con- Firstly, conceding a goal, shame on you, Mendy. Yeah. We, thought, we thought you were the new god. But then, like, getting rounded. <laughs> Unacceptable. Like, at least hack the man down. Like, Jesus, what are you doing? But, no, no, Um, <clears throat> that's all I want to say about Leeds because, I, listen, they're interesting, but they're inconsequential. So far, at least, I say this, and they're gonna beat us in like two weeks. <laughs> like, but but they they, they give just, us good games to watch. Exactly. Yeah, but like this this I, I don't know. Like they give us good games to watch, but like they they will they lose. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. It's like we thought yeah. they were gonna come in here, beat a bunch of people, and it's like that that hasn't happened. Like it's just it's 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 not the story I expected. It's like what's the difference between them and Sheffield United last season who were who were just running up and down up the pitch and beating people? Like, what's the difference? I don't know. I think I think Leeds are quite watchable. You can see what they're trying to do. They're interesting to watch. And I get it. It doesn't always turn into results, but at least it's a team coming from the championship that now you want to watch uh, uh, as opposed to a, a West Brom or a Fulham or, you know, even a Sheffield and a Burnley. At least Leeds have a game and you want to watch them, you know? And that's all I can ask for. And, and I'll say this for them too. A lot of, a lot of teams come up and uh, with these, especially like fast-paced physical teams, and they do really well for a couple of months. And everyone, like Norwich did pretty well for like the first month or two of the season. And then it just all falls off a cliff. Whereas, I'm not going to say like it's a blessing in disguise, but perhaps the fact that Leeds' results are kind of all over the place now. But if they maintain this level of consistency, at least they'll be fine, right? right. It's something right. to build on, especially because they have a rich owner um, who's willing to invest. And that's great. Because... Well, it's not like Wolves who just show up and then you're like, ooh, <laughs> they're going to get into Europe, whatever. But I don't know. I, I guess I wanted more and I wanted I wanted them to beat more right. big teams um, for the hype's sake. But, you know, I also j- just quickly, Giroud, listen, we were joking. Was it two weeks ago that Arsenal should bring him back? Like, because he's not getting game time. He scores four in the Champions League. And then, like, I think he scored back-to-back Premier games or, or maybe just this one. Like, come on, man. Why does he do this after we make fun of him? Like, why? He actually gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, with age. With age. Um, but I, I would like to say, though, that I, I really, I think it was very good to see Chelsea's defense hold out the Leeds attack for a while when Leeds were on top. It kind of gave them a really good platform to then go on and win the game. And Kurt Zuma, again, brilliant in both both ends of the field this season. Another goal. He has four goals, I think, more than Aubameyang, something like that. And Marcel. Um, and Marcel. And then Christian Pulisic in, in injury time. Um, Timo Werner continuing to miss open goals again. But you know what? He, he He's a high... What is it? High percentage guy or whatever. Like he needs a lot of chances to make one happen, and he's fast enough to be able to play on the wing. So he's he's doing the job for them there. But he really needs to start converting. Wanted, some you're of talking these. about a lot of chances. Like I understand people who need a lot yeah. of chances. I don't know people. This may be who need that this many open goals. Like his compilation is him literally skying open nets. I don't understand. It's it's interesting when I watch his chances. Like he often chooses the wrong type of finish. 
which is quite interesting for someone who with a goal record that he has in Germany. Like maybe the keepers aren't as good. I don't know. But you, you like I'm through, and I'm like a chip would be the thing here, and he blasts it. Or the or size of the goal is different. Like <laughs> what is going yeah. on? It's too much, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's, he's he's making wrong decisions at the moment when he's throwing goal. Maybe you know he's still young. Maybe that will change. The the, the pace is is killing teams anyway, um, and he's still getting assists. But speaking of assists, the assist master uh, Hakim Ziyech went off injured, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pulisic came in, I think, for him. Um, he slotted right in. I mean, we talked about last season potentially Pulisic being, remember, end of last season, the first name on the team sheet. Hasn't happened. Um, I think Ziyech has really stepped up. And I think the plan was for Werner to play in the center and Pulisic to play out wide, which puts them all on the field. But then Werner's kind of not doing his thing. So one of the big guys has to come in. The other thing, though, is so far, um, Havertz has been a disappointment. Like big time, inconsequential taken, to use. Yeah, taken taken off in the 65th minute here. Like just even watching him, man, I worry. Like he's he's slow, and the problem is with this league is that no matter how good you are, it starts to show that you need some sort of physical ability, no matter who you are. Bruno is good. Kevin De Bruyne is good because you also have the physical side of the game. You have pace. You have that burst. You have something. I worry that this league now, you cannot go out and buy these super technical players unless they sit deep. But yeah. you want someone that dynamic in that dynamic position, they need to have some physical ability. And Havertz is really showing that he doesn't have it. And I worry for him in this league. There's still time, though. Like, as much as sure. I actually agree with Monet, and he's, he's now become a bit of an agenda for me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's his first season in. I, I'd, I'd give him the next season a bit like Pepe, although that's gone out the window now. Um, oh yeah, I mean, no, no one's saying flog him on the open market, but <laughs> but would you flog Pepe on the open market? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Until until you until you get back to form, this is gonna keep going on. Oh, so like two years from now? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Two managers away. All right. Uh, okay, uh, Bernie, we'll let you do your thing. Manchester United uh, beat West Ham three one away from home. Actually, I think me and Alex should talk about the first half. <laughs> yes, yeah, let, let's do that. You guys can go on the first half, and I'll go on the second. <laughs> I thought the first half was first fantastic. Half, <laughs> I loved every bit of it. <laughs> and then Bruno Fernandez came on. This is where you can take it from. <laughs> can I say that? I was very intrigued by the fact that there were no eyeball emojis um, in the first half because you, you were probably like, nah, man, <laughs> last time I got burned. If I, all the way games you've gotten burned, maybe we should chill. So firstly, United have won every away game, I think, this season, and they've been behind in all of them. So clearly we were waiting for this to happen, but the first half was shit. Like, unbelievable garbage. I've not I've not seen anything that bad. And I've said that four times this season already. Like <laughs> Pogba wanted everything to go through him and it was disgusting. Like it was, it was <laughs> it was so, so bad. How come he stayed on? How come he stayed on? Well, well, when he brought on Fernandez, he brought him on for th- Donny Van de Beek. I think he uh they're trying to work him back to fitness. So they probably thought, whatever, like let him play. But Donny has played a lot, quite a lot of games recently, actually, and started quite a few. Donny. But honestly, man, like, it was so bad. So, so bad. It was literally what West Ham were walking. It should have been four. Like, so Holler slipped with an open net. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, that, that guy has not, has not looked very good. Um, 
So Cavani has taken off at half time. Van der Beek taken off at half time. Uh, Marshall taken off at sixty two minutes. Were they, you know, were they but that bad? Were were they deserving of being removed, or was it more just like something needed a shake up? So Cavani was actually injured, and he's not going to play tomorrow. Okay, at Leipzig, so he had to go off. Um, Van der Beek, I think it was just get Bruno on because Van der Beek was playing in the number ten spot and mm. was going to play deeper. So that was just man for man switch as opposed to moving Van der Beek deeper. And then Martial was actually starting to get into the game, but he had a terrible first half as well. He got injured, whatever. But all the subs did their thing. Mata had an assist for Rashford. Beautiful, beautiful pass, by the way. Bruno made things tick. Um, what's his name? Greenwood scored off a of Tellez cross, which is a... That was a great goal. What a finish. I was actually wondering if that was on purpose, and I realized we don't care on this podcast if it's on purpose or not. We just go with it. But What we do care about, though, is VAR. Do we care about VAR? I, I care about VAR a lot. because oh, Bright, Brighton okay. fans certainly do. Because how, like, really, look, bro, you mm-hmm. won the game. Congratulations. Great mm-hmm. play. But, like, I've been watching this league for, what, 16 years maybe or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. How, like, how many times does referees and Manchester United have to ruin my day? I'll like, tell that, you how many that times. ball was so far out. Like, the whole world could see the ball, like, What's his name? Henderson. Oh, why was Henderson? Yeah. Uh, Henderson. The hair is injured. Well, he played against PSG, so I don't know how injured he is. Oh. Right. So Henderson like almost kicks the ball like three yards away from the from the line. And somehow physics, people expect that to somehow how like it was so obviously out. Why does VR not just take a look at it? You know why? Like, like here's the thing. That ball I believe was out. I, I do. However, I believe isn't isn't the way that you do this. They don't have the the camera angles or the measurements to do the ball going out from the side. That has to be by the assistant. So, somebody somebody did it in in Twitter. Somebody yeah, showed but, us he stopped that, the ball. But Monty, you know depth. You know depth perception. There's there's no way that that you can say that conclusively is accurate. With his offside, yeah, we don't <laughs> like it. But they have all the stupid you know calculus and trigonometry and stuff like that. Right. All I'm right. saying there's, is. They are built to do that. They're not built Great. to do this. Okay, last week you had the exact same incident. I don't remember what, but something horrendous happened. Like last, last week as week. well in the game where we were like, I can't believe the referee went to check that and didn't give it or whatever. I can't remember what it was. Southampton? Anyway, no. Point is, point is this. You are a United fan. I'm telling you, there's 19 other clubs out there that hate your guts. All of them. Nobody yes, likes you. of course. Now, it happens because the referees are always on your side throughout this last for a couple of seasons or decades. Now VAR comes in, we're like, well, surely that can't continue. How is it still happening? <laughs> but but, here, but here's, here's my problem with this. There are 19 other fans that hate us because we were successful. The fact is, when you look at how many decisions have been overturned or given for a team, we're not even in the top five. So again, like you guys were saying with the penalties, and I proved to you that Leicester have the most penalties in the league by a long shot, you guys are talking out your ass because you hate United. Fact Maybe. is... No, it's true. The fact Those is... Those are so obvious. But again, you were wrong about that. So there's there's a more than likelihood that you're just upset because the team that you hate the most is above you by a long shot and you're 16 no, no, no. and you're taking it out. No, no, you know, you know that's not true. I'm upset because every time I watch the United game, I can't believe a call that I see. You're upset <laughs> because United are supposed to lose games apparently in the first half. Yes. And then they come up and score three goals and they're averaging three goals away from home because they are yes. wonderful attacking in the second half. Yeah, I am That's upset simple. because you guys get a call per game and win games that you're not supposed to win. 
That I wish I we would that. get a call per game. I wish we would, but we don't. Alex, remember when we were watching that game and I was like, it ruined our whole day. What was it? It was like a ludicrous decision. It was for West United. Brom. It was a West Brom penalty. Was it the West Brom thing. penalty? Except yeah, he got the yeah. ball. Again, everything you go. give give me, I can prove it. That's the thing. This right, isn't this isn't nonsense like the hand of yes. God. United, like... United and Sir Alex Ferguson have been a white slate since the 1990s. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. In conclusion, the ball was out of fucking play. Um, <laughs> which I did, which he did admit. Here's the thing, though. I was very disappointed that uh, England hero and future Chelsea stalwart Declan Rice did nothing about Manchester United's comeback. Sorry, I need to jump in here because the first half, the commentator said, he's a Rolls Royce of a player. Second half, he was a tuk-tuk if I've ever seen it. That guy was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It was it was a shame. Like, it was an insult to being English, which is, I guess, Alex would say it's a low bar. But whatever. It was disgusting. And, and also, I'm not going to let this go. We can talk about all we want. That hit from Paul Pogba, who, you know, get out of my club, whatever. That hit was unbelievable. I don't care. Oh, it was lovely goal. Bro, it yeah. was unbelievable. Unbelievable strike. It was side, about time, though. He, I mean, he, it. Uh, listen, no. it was gorgeous. It's about time. You know, He's he, tried it like 50 times. In the he last tried it in years. that game two times before. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no. On, you, don't, you don't need to tell him to get out of your club. His agent is telling that for you. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere that he wants to anytime soon. I mean, where does he want to go? He wants to go to Real Madrid, right? That's not happening. Presumably, that's not happening. That's not happening. It's, it's Juventus or, or nothing. And they want him. They've said it. They, they've literally come out and said that. <laughs> so, but Yeah, it's not I, I really don't know why. It won't happen in January, which is what Mino wants. So we'll see what they do. Man, and Pogba and Hazard in the same team, if it does go to Madrid, would kill their fans. Literally, they would just become deceased. <laughs> All the, all, all the bumming in the, that they'd be doing on the ball? My God. <laughs> <laughs> when you add Jovic to that, with the backing in? Oh, boy. Oh, oh, sorry. We're going all over the place, but I know Mo has to go soon. Backing in. Harry Kane needs to go to jail. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah that's I'm, too I'm, much. I'm, I'm done. Too I'm much. done. I'm done. <laughs> I didn't get it before. I've seen it enough now. Mo, against, was it Gabriel? He turns and looks at him in the eye. And he's like, I am going Bro, there's to a Twitter. You. There's a Twitter compilation of him doing this for years. It is seriously dangerous. Like, I don't care that it's thought to himself. It just, he looked like the guy jumps up for a header. How is the guy supposed to avoid that foul? And then Kane just takes it, sweeps his legs away. I don't get how the referees keep giving it to Kane. It's insane. It seems it actually it doesn't always go to Kane, but you know he doesn't get penalized for it. Like it's, it's, it's certainly not seen as a foul, bro. He keeps getting like, he keeps getting the fouls, and he got a penalty for it recently. The thing, is, well, okay. So to me, the the thing that complicates it is that he's often the one that's there first, but he doesn't like he's there, and he's decided that he's not jumping for it. He's just going to let the other person jump into him, and so the other person is is often running into the situation. So yeah, but I think my, that's my problem, what's probably swinging it in his favor. My problem is, and maybe it's in you know in real time, the referee can't see it. Intense, but bro. we see him turning and looking to see where the other guy is. It's intense, and then he you know he bends over a little bit. So I'm like, you know, he he's doing this on purpose. It's bro, a tactic bro, to rugby a has a rule against this. If rugby has a rule against this that you don't uphold in football, you know something's wrong. And like, you know, sometimes re- referees give this against the striker. They do. Like, I've yeah. seen it happen many times. So it's like, they know that there's a problem with it, but they decide to give it one way or the other, depending on who it is. 
Like, I don't know, man. I feel like yeah, some- it, it, I'm, yeah. It's quite upsetting when you take the player's uh, safety into concern. Like, if it is upsetting because you're jumping really high and you could fall down on your neck, you could fall on your back, you could. It's it's not cool. Exactly the reason why the fans of nineteen other teams really, really hate Spurs and hate Harry Kane because he's trying to murder people. You know, it's just it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> um, City beat Fulham two 0 which um, is disappointingly low, really. If you're Manchester City playing Fulham, you should be getting six, seven. Well, they scored. They scored from open play in the fifth minute, and then a penalty, and that's it. So it wasn't a very good game for them. I would think. That's basically a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any no hatred for De Bruyne today? He yeah, he did something that wasn't across. There was a lovely little through ball. From, yeah. from a side angle, though. So uh, he wanted it to be across. <laughs> also, also when he went up to take the penalty, the commentator said, uh, you know, this is for sure or whatever. I'm like, bro, two weeks ago, he missed the goal by like two yards. Relax. That's true, actually. That was, yeah. It, it's, it's really jarring now if you see someone actually miss the goal from a penalty. Like it never happens. Yeah. And yeah. He, yeah, he's a top, top player and a good penalty taker. And he missed it by like two yards. Like, I don't know how that happened. Quite refreshing. We remember he spent a while in Germany where the goal is a different size. Um, <laughs> Leicester got a, two, a, a sneaky 2-1 win away at Sheffield United, who must have thought they were on for like their first point since God knows when. Um, and I, I'm kind of glad, not that I particularly wanted Leicester to win, but I'm sort of glad that Sheffield United didn't get another point. Because the funnier, the, the longer they go without getting another point, the funnier this is. Um, but Jamie Vardy attacked a corner flag. How do we feel about that? Um, uh, I, it's Jamie Vardy. I, I said it Good like point. that. I didn't, I didn't mean the pause, like for the for <laughs> Jamie Vardy's account or anything like that. That wasn't where I was going with that. But I was like, I don't know what else to say. Because it's, it's this, if that, if I summarize Jamie Vardy, it's literally that. Like scoring a goal and attacking an inanimate object. Yeah. And, and yeah. in a way that looks like it's bigotry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see his um, little uh, pigeon English back and forth with uh, Indeedy and stuff? That. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Bernie, can you just explain, please? Um, I don't remember. I think he said, like, no be me, do um. But um, I think Ihenacho, he posted something and there was comments going back and forth and accusing someone of doing something. And Vardy's like, ah, no, no be me, do um. And I, like, I just looked at me. it and I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, and, because that all started with um, Ihenacho um someone he, he couldn't find his like flip-flops so he's like ah who, who threw my flip-flops <laughs> and he's accusing everyone in pigeon english about it <laughs> that's very funny yeah well well Fardy was like hell they're painting me as a homophobe i will not be a racist as well in the mm-hmm. same week <laughs> i've so, done that one already so <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, um, racist what West Ham and millwall fans totally racist by the way just getting that out there Oh, the so, Millwall thing is unbelievable. In in honor of racism, you guys should be really happy that we did get the VAR call and dick them around for being cold-blooded racists and three black guys scored against them. Just saying. You know, 19 other clubs should enjoy that type of thing. You should have started with that argument, Bernie. You would have got through it a lot quicker. Much shorter conversation. <laughs> uh, Burnley won, Everton won, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored another goal. Um that Everton are, are done for the season, right? They're just going to fiddle around in mid-table for the rest of it. Can we talk about how Calvert-Lewin scores the same, has scored the same goal 11 times? Well, just like sliding <laughs> in. Yeah. 
It's the same. To goal. be to be fair, to be fair, the, the season Leicester won the league, Vardy scored the exact same goal twenty times, and Mara scored the exact same goal fifteen times. It was a better goal than this. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but also, like, do you think Dunia has made this big of a difference to everything? Like, I don't understand. They've been horrendous without him. Apparently. I mean, you need someone to put those 35 crosses into the box. Yeah, and you need it, and you need it to not be a Wobi. <laughs> I mean, look, Bernie and I were very strong in our opinion that Carlo Ancelotti was not the man to lead Everton to the glory land. Um, and the decision to play Alex Iwobi and Fabian Delph as wing-backs, I think, backs that up. It's the end. Yeah, but I think I think after to be fair, after eleven games being four points away from top four, like I think Everton fans would have taken that a hundred percent at the start of the season. Like he, I saw he could have done way worse. No, no, no. I mean, sure, he could have done way worse. But this is a season that we know is unpredictable, right? Where people, Man United, are like in four, five points off the top. Don't let's not get carried away with anything Ancelotti's doing. If he was that good, he'd be higher up than Southampton, which he's not. So no. I'm not, I'm not here for that. I, I really have nothing against Cenk Tosin personally, but when you're bringing him on in the, in the last minute to try and beat Burnley, you know, things have taken a turn. That's well, what's he, what, what's he going to do? He's managing everything. You can't bring on like Ronaldo. Well, if, <laughs> if he was managing Arsenal, he couldn't bring on uh, like hey, Katia, it's, right? It's like... free in January. We can use him. <laughs> Oh my God. Wait, let me look at this Premier League table. I just we're not to... going back to Arsenal. Yeah, let's focus on the top of the table. Here. Wow. But... You've only scored 10 goals and conceded 14. Wow. Well, you know you know what's good about that is that Palace scored five just this weekend. <laughs> That's half of half. our goals. <laughs> We've conceded more goals than we have points. We have also, I think... Oh, and don't forget about uh, Hector Bellerin's five foul uh, uh, throws. Also, is he still planting trees? Yeah. So it's been it's been a while. <laughs> it's the littlest forest around. He's literally creating global warming single-handedly by losing games and being shit at football. We have absorbed less carbon than we have scored goals. <laughs> oh my god. Our expected carbon is nothing. <laughs> but well done to Crystal Palace. Your carbon footprint is that is a bios issue. <laughs> Oh, my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It actually hurts so much from laughing that hard. Oh, I got to stretch. Oh, Jesus. You bring me so much joy. Anyways, um, yeah. And then, you know, today you had Southampton 2, Brighton 1. And uh, speaking of VAR, have you guys seen the penalty decision for Ings? No, Um, I haven't. Okay, I mean, enjoy checking that out because basically Kyle Walker-Peters is fouled outside the box. The referee watches it back on VAR and decides it's inside the box. Oh, really? So it's not just me, huh? 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 They can't measure lines even in the penalty box, huh? Man, 19 other clubs are so upset. The problem is, the problem is when Southampton get three points, it's inconsequential to the world. <laughs> 19 the last... other clubs are so upset at Southampton right now. Southampton can get 15 more points a season for VAR and no one would they, care. They like, get you're all trying... the calls. Oh, my God. Hassan Hutel and his Austrianness. Jesus. My gosh. <laughs> to be fair, Hasan Hutel and his Austrian FC are fifth. <laughs> That's pretty good. They're above United. So, hey, listen, we beat them. Good. Uh, I don't know about you. 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's just making noises now. <laughs> I'm just gonna put Arsenal anywhere I can. Anywhere I can. I did. I did. To be fair, enjoy David David Moist. I don't know. I said David Moist there, <laughs> but I enjoyed David Moist. That's what they called him in Sociedad, bro. Flailing his arms when he was jacking off on the beach, um, flailing, flailing his arms at the fact that the ball was out. Like it was quite funny, though. It was. It was quite funny. Any Moyes flail is is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any any La Liga chat, Mohamed? No, I mean I don't. I, this week was very busy. Lucky I watched the Premier League, but I know Barcelona. <laughs> I know Barcelona lost. Cadiz um, nuts. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. Alvaro Negredo's back. <laughs> um, but yeah, unreal. And yeah, Thomas Partey's Atleti sitting nice and top of the table. <laughs> Lucas Torreira. Um, Bernie, uh, in the Champions League last week, United obviously lost to PSG and Leipzig just about beat Istanbul Besiktas here, which means, is it tomorrow? It must be tomorrow, no? It is tomorrow. United against Leipzig in a straight shootout for the Champions League knockout round. Yeah. Big game. Yep. So, someone... Remember, and this one is for the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> someone posted a great uh, a picture of Ole doing a smile and they're like, Leipzig have to attack. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually, isn't it? You know it's going to be Daniel James, Rashford. It's like maybe even Traore on loan from Wolves. Just anything. It's like, boss, what's the tactic? Run. <laughs> Counter. Apparently, a lot of their players have COVID and Upamakano Upama suspended. So we'll see. Upamakano pl- has been playing like he has COVID for months now. Mm. So it's okay. Mm. Nothing new. It turned out all the Twitter people hyping him were a bit wrong. Or, well, I no, mean, you know, not, he's a child, that, but, it, you know. It's not that he's a bit wrong. It's not just more people watch him. Some more people catch his mistakes. Some more people report on it. It's a vicious cycle of, oh, you're in the spotlight. Well, let's see how shit you are. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened with Koulibaly last year, wasn't it? Everyone was like, Koulibaly, and then he did that. I think he got rinsed or something against Liverpool, and they're like, this guy is shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> people aren't actually watching you now. Like, you need to step up. Yeah. No, you can't just live off your FIFA ratings. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Uh, no, well, also, also, any you. any international talent trying to break through or trying to make a name for himself, you better hope you are not in a group with an English team because that's the only games English fans watch, and they will rinse you after that single game. Oh, you played like shit versus the best team in Europe, Liverpool. Oh, you're shit. <laughs> I, I think that's why Joao Felix is sort of, sort of. <laughs> Gone under the radar because we forget he exists. Once he comes up against Chelsea or something, it's like, mate, 120 mil for you. Get the fuck out of here. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, you know, apparently Kepa's going to play in goal because Chelsea have already qualified, so they can roll out the B team. Wow. So, I mean, psychologically though, that's damaging. I, well, I was going to say, if I were a betting person, I would put some money on Krasnodar. <laughs> Three goals, especially. <laughs> What's shoot in Russian? Oh, Udar. Udar. <laughs> uh, we've also got in Group G, Barcelona against Juventus. So, you know. Uh, Is this important? Well. Have they both gone through? I don't know if you've heard of these guys, but uh, there's a bloke that plays for Barcelona called Messi and another prick that plays for Juventus called Ronaldo. And apparently they're in some kind of heated battle with each other. For what? Oh, for tax uh, evasion? You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, that and other things. Oh, yeah. 
Mm. I think Messi's winning so far. Because he has less crimes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Expected crime. Expected crime. The XC. Oh, man. Yeah, Messi can travel to the US. You know, little things. Mate, this is the most underwhelming Messi-Ronaldo game of all time. Like, it hasn't even happened, and no one cares. <laughs> Uh, I think the families of Martin Braithwaite and Alvaro Morata think differently about it. That would be the funniest thing if they both start on the bench and they're like, just fuck it. Let Braithwaite <laughs> and, and Morata get a game. Battle it out, lads. Oh, uh, and then uh, what have we got Wednesday? Um, Real Madrid against Borussia Mönchengladbach should be good. City playing in Marseille, whatever. Uh, Liverpool against Michelin. Yeah, not, not too much going on there. I think most of these groups are sewn up by now. Yeah. And then, of course, Thursday, we've got the important stuff. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but yeah. Uh, Just Europa League. Oh, I thought it was Emmerdale. The hell is that? Some some British show on Thursday oh, that people soap, use to make yeah. fun of Arsenal and say you're, you're in a ratings battle against Emmerdale. So, <laughs> and I think you're losing, to be honest. Is it Emmerdale who are playing on Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Fast. sure they're pretty sure they're in our group. It's a pub team. <laughs> Yo, remember that tweet? Usna, Sniku. Like Arsenal's Arsenal's opponents in the Europa League. <laughs> Wait, the last thing I want to tell Arsenal today is I was in tears at the fact that Partey was injured, tried to leave, and Arteta said, "Get the get the hell back on." Bro, remember that? So he, he pushed he pushed him back on, man. Remember they showed that clip of that. Remember that father that pushed his little kid in front of goal to save a ball? <laughs> yeah. They showed that clip. They're like, "Yeah, that's exactly the same." Mate, he's, that he's, was he's it was crumbling. not a good look. He's for anyone. It's not a good look. It's like after the David Luiz thing, then this. He's crumbling. Long, long may it continue. I, I, I want you to keep him on, you know, just for the sake of your football club. Look, yeah. stubble can get you so far, and we're we're seeing just quite how far <laughs> it can get you. Anyway, I think that will do it for this week. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's another cosh week. Arteta for comedy. <laughs> Our pleasure. <laughs> See you. Bye. For downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the Kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the